The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Big at Night, hour number two. We just talked to Matt Lane a few minutes ago about wide receivers. I am utilizing every Arrowhead Pride gentleman on the show between Matt Lane, Craig Stout, and Kent Swanson. All three of those guys went down to the Senior Bowl. And as you noticed, if I went to go to 610sports.com, I've got a list of defensive linemen, wide receivers, tight ends, corners, and safeties. But I tried to put guys on here that could fall to the end of the first round, meaning the Chiefs might have a shot at them. Like Greedy Williams, they threw him in their corner. Probably going to be gone way before the Chiefs, but I did it anyway. But I tried with my defensive lineman. Because they have two second-round picks, Pete, you're the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> picking 29, 61, and 63 as Pete Sweeney joins us from Arrowhead Pride. You all defense, or do you sprinkle in one of these hot-shot tight ends where it's loaded, <laughs> or do you sprinkle in one of these big-time receivers as a toy for Patrick Mahomes, which you can do with two second-round picks. You don't have to go all defense. I know that you and my guys love the NFL draft. It's always hard for me to evaluate the draft until we see what happens in free agency. I think that's especially the case now with such an aggressive GM and Brett Veach. But as the team stands now, if I'm looking at late in the first round, I think you got to be going for a defensive premium player. And it's because why? You look at last year, what prevented the Chiefs from the, the glory land? the Super Bowl, finally a championship in Kansas City. It was the defense. You got to get a cornerback, a safety that can actually get on the field. I think that needs to be the focus. I don't know if this draft has to be all defensive because I think they could use an interior offensive lineman. They could use another piece for Patrick Mahomes. You think about a tight end. I know Kansas City Chiefs fans are not going to want to hear this, but Travis Kelsey is getting a little bit old when it comes to NFL football players, so a tight end is interesting. But I think when you're looking at those premium picks, you have to think about defensive players. You really do, and the fact is you have two second-round picks. Now, the question is, which I Craig Stout put this out on Twitter yesterday, and I thought it was a very good point that he made. We talked about it last night. If the Chiefs, and we'll get into these coaching changes in a minute, but if the Chiefs showed that kind of aggressiveness to get the linebacker coach Matt House, Brett Veach seems like a riverboat gambler to some extent, <laughs> and what's going to say he's holding on the three of those first 
well, 29, 61, and 63 in the first two rounds. They have seven picks. Could get an extra sixth rounder for losing Biddy Logan. That's what it looks like. The Chiefs might have eight picks when you consider that. What's to stop him from making a move? The guy's shown that he'll, he's willing to do whatever and get whatever he wants. <laughs> you mentioned Ken, Ken Swanson, who's my lead draft analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. When the Chiefs traded up to get Breland Speaks last year, Kent was up in arms, and he said, why in a million years would you trade up to this guy, up, up for this guy? And I think it was the last true pass rusher, uh, edge guy that Brett, Brett Feach really wanted in the draft, and it didn't matter that maybe other people maybe had a, a, gra- a, a grade of a round or two behind. This was a guy that he wanted to go and get. And I watched another interview the other day, and uh, Veach had talked about if you really want a guy, you can't be passive in the NFL draft. you got to trade up. you got to go and get him. So I think if there's one thing that you like about Brett Veach, you know, you're going to judge the decisions that he makes, but he's going to do what he wants to do. If he wants a player and he thinks that this is the guy, and again, he had a lot to do with the Patrick Mahomes pick, they're going to go and get him. And that's something you do like, because if there's anything you don't like in a general manager, what, what would that be? be for him to be confused or not really know what to do, not to go in with a clear-cut plan. Veach has a plan, and he knows what he wants, and that's the one of the good things about him. And the one thing, too, is that I interviewed him that Friday after the second uh, day of the draft, and it was kind of a one-on-one, and I asked him, because Andy Reid is always talking about how, well, I'm not going to say he's got a little bit of Mississippi leg out in him because that's a dog that gets on your leg and just won't get off, you know. That's Brett Veach. Like, once he finds something, he will not stop talking about it because everything I've learned from Andy Reid is how aggressive Brett Veach is. He was the one going up to Andy's office saying, watch Cream Hunt, watch Cream Hunt, watch some action, watch this kid out of Toledo. He wanted Breland Speaks. And I think a lot of what Brett Veach wanted are things that he saw with his own eyes. This guy's been an SEC scout, which means he's been on the road. He's hoofing it. He's been out there watching these guys. And I think a lot of last year's draft, and it wasn't just SEC, it was Southeast region, but a lot of guys, Derek Noddy, these guys that came out of the Southeast region, I have a feeling he watched a lot of these guys with his own eyes, and Andy Reid talked about the fact that he was Breland Speaks, Breland Speaks, Breland Speaks. So Andy Reid went back, watched all his film. My question to him was, are you going to listen to other people that are just like yourself? Meaning that you found something, you bothered Dorsey, and you bothered Reid about it. Are you going to listen to other people? Because now he's in this role. Now he's not out there. You, they do it, Dorsey goes to Mizzou games, or when he was general manager, he would show up at Mizzou games, he'd leave at halftime, he goes to Iowa State, wherever. But you don't have the time, you have other responsibilities where you can't spend the time on college campuses like scouts do. Yeah, and you heard that uh, coming out of the Senior Bowl. Like He wasn't even down at the Senior Bowl because he had other duties and getting rid of Bob Sutton up here, so he couldn't be down there initially. So, yeah, it's a a different game now, I think, with Brett Feach. And I think to your point, he really does go out and get the guys he wants. The wearing Andy Reid out and, and so on and so forth, that dates back to Fletcher Cox and those type of players in Philadelphia, and it continued here. You do hear all the stories about Mahomes. I've always been an advocate for that John Dorsey had something to do with it as well. I think sometimes Brett Feach does get too much credit, but you look at the uh, players that he acquired last offseason and Anthony Hitchens and Sammy Watkins. 
These are two players that he wanted so badly. He tried to trade for them the offseason before. They finally became available. Sammy Watkins was the big surprise of it all. And whether you like it or not, you know, I think there's a lot of opinions on that because he ended up getting injured, so on and so forth. Whether you like it or not, he went and got out and got, got those guys. Yeah, before he tried to get Kevin Pierre Lewis and Reggie Ragland, he called Dallas for Anthony Hitchens. And they right, said, he wanted no. Anthony Hitchens two seasons, off seasons ago. Yeah, he wanted him. And then Sammy Watkins, he wanted him as well. Like you said, he gets what he wants. And he got what he wanted this offseason. Whether, whether the fans, whether you or I like the pick or not, I think that, like I said, I Brett think— Brett wanted him. Brett Veach wants him, and he, and he goes and gets what he wants. And, and again, I, I also think, too, and it's a little bit different than the John Dorsey era, people will talk. You know, I know Ron, Ron does sometimes during the midday show. People will talk about, well, well, how much control does Brett Veach have? I think it's a little bit more in unison with what Andy Reid wants. And I, I think it's more than, than you would think. I, I, I think I think he does I think he does have Andy Reid's ear. I think he is willing to stand up to Andy Reid, but I think this regime now with Beach instead of Dorsey is a little bit more in unison than it had been uh, when I, it comes to player personnel. I think Reid's kind of like his dad, kind of like, can I borrow the <laughs> it, car? It reminds me can of... I borrow, yeah, you can borrow the car. It, it seems kind of like that. Like, he'll listen to him. But he seems like the guy that still has the go-ass dad for the car keys. It reminds me of Matt Damon in Departed, where Andy Reid is is Jack Nicholas' character, and Matt, Matt Damon, and he just kind of you know raises him through into the crime, you know, the world of crime. It, it, this is the NFL version where he kind of made Brett Veach. So of course, at the end of the day, I think if Andy Reid is not happy about the way a certain thing is going, he'll let Brett Veach know about it. And from what you hear, to to Veach's credit, I don't think he's afraid to necessarily stand up to Andy Reid. At the end of the day, I think it it is a team decision. One thing I wanted to talk to you about on here was new coaches. Uh, Matt House was a guy that I was very excited about. Matt House is a guy that one of your guys, Craig Stout, was extreme. Your defensive film analyst, Craig Stout, was extremely excited about so much so that he had him on his list of defensive coordinator candidates for the Kansas City Chiefs. I like him too because Kentucky was sixth in the nation scoring defense. We're talking about Kentucky here. We're talking about a basketball school that was good at football. I watched the Missouri game where they didn't give up a single first down in the second half. And Missouri was a pretty good football team offensively last year. Zero first downs. Kentucky won the game. Matt House was the guy that we got excited about, and I remember Craig coming on the show. We were talking about it, then all of a sudden, stopped. My guy Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, put out a story. I heard that yesterday. Which was, which was weird because initially it was put out that Kentucky said that House wanted to stay. But I don't think that was necessarily the case. I think the buyout was there, which is extremely weird. It's not like the guy wanted to go to Tennessee or Vanderbilt or somewhere like that. He was making a jump to the NFL. Listen to who played um, the boss, so to speak. It's like a gangster film. And then last night, from what I understand, Andy Reid personally came back to him and said, if you want to come, we'll pay it. And House wanted to come, and that's what ended up happening. The Chiefs ended up paying the buyout, which to me was probably more about the principal than the money because, like I said, it's not that much money, but the Chiefs ended up deciding to do it. He went Tony Soprano, man. He was like, all right, give me a phone. I need two phones. Clark, cut on one. Give me a Clark. Hey, Clark, 150 grand. Can I have it? We need, we need a coach. I think this kid's going to be good. This kid could be a defensive coordinator for us. When Spagnuolo leaves, no problem, Andy. Hundred fifty thousand, you want? All right, I'm telling Spags, you, it's like Jack Nicholson in The Departed. It's, Call it's Frank Costell. No, I, I, that's I, a boss move right there. I think it's clear 
that Matt House wanted to come to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's also clear the Kansas City Chiefs wanted Matt House. What was standing in the way for a little while was Kentucky. Kentucky probably realized at the end of the day, do we necessarily want a defensive coordinator still here that doesn't want to be here? The writing is on the wall. He was halfway out the door. These are college kids that you need to rely on these guys, not only for your coach, but to kind of build you into a man. I think at the end of the day, they finally realized we want someone to be here that wants to be here. The money was a technicality and it's Clark Hunt that can be worked out. Andy Reid made the call. Who knows exactly what happened, but at the end of the day, the job job was done. Yeah. So Andy gets involved. He probably didn't want to get involved in this. And all of a sudden, what are you talking about? Give me the phone. What's 150 grand is what we're talking about? Kentucky. Give me Kentucky. Andy Reid calls him. All right, let's get this deal done. Because um, you can't pay your coaches whatever you want. There's no salary cap in that. He's the guy that developed Aaron Donald when he was at Pittsburgh. Right. And he's also got eight guys from Kentucky that will probably be drafted this year, including Josh Allen. The edge rusher is probably going to go number two or three and in I- the draft. Which means that I know he's not going to be responsible for Chris Jones and all that. But I would think they would use some of that expertise and I could see him helping more than just linebackers. This is a guy that they brought in, and as uh, Matt Jones said, very succinctly. If you guys have success with your new regime, I think he's the next, he's your defensive core. I don't, I, there's no doubt in my mind that to get him to leave. Because, listen, I think you all are paying him maybe like $300,000, dollars he was going to sign an extension here, from what I understand, for 800000 a year. Wow. I just can't imagine he does that unless he thinks he is going to, A, have a chance to win a Super Bowl, and B, to be the defensive coordinator down the line. Yeah, and think about this. What's Patrick Mahomes have to do with these kind of moves? I would think it's a lot because the Chiefs were on the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl. And you're going to a team with an MVP quarterback that's 23 years old. Mm -hmm. You just need to make the defense a little bit better. This is a perfect challenge. 31st-ranked defense, just make them respectable. And he's working with Spags that he's worked with before. And to me, it's weird because people ask me, why would he go from defensive coordinator to a linebacker coach? And I said, simple. If your ultimate career ladder is being in the NFL, this is where you start. Because we haven't seen a lot of elevation from the de- defensive staff. We've seen Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy, all these guys get promoted from position coaches to offensive coordinator. The Chiefs haven't done this on defense, but this gives them an opportunity to have a guy in the system that I could see eventually be elevated defensive coordinator. Jay, I don't, I don't care if it's a wide receiver on the team. I don't care if it's an offensive coach. I don't care if it's a defensive coach. I don't care if it's a damn janitor at the Kansas City Chiefs. Arrowhead Stadium facility. Now with Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City is a destination. And that's that extends, as I said, to the defensive side of the football. So you look at a Matt House. Brendan Daly is another name who I'm sure we, we could get into in a little Wise bit. from Kansas City, three-time Super Bowl. I thought the Patriots would throw more of a fit than Kentucky. These are, these are two guys who have been named in the mix as potential defensive coordinator candidates, uh, future defensive coordinator candidates in the NFL. 
Why are they taking position jobs instead of staying a college defensive mm-hmm. coordinator where you've had success? It's because you see what happens when teams have success in the National Football League. Steve Spagnuolo has worked with Andy Reid before. Andy Reid has confidence in him. It's probably going to be successful. You're probably going to be back at least within range to the AFC title game. You would assume you're, you're crossing your fingers. You're hoping to God that this team makes it back to minimum the divisional round. So you had the playoff success there. And what happens to people when they have success in the National Football League? Like Doug Peterson under Andy Reid. You get a head coaching job. You win a Super Bowl. Like Matt Nagy. You get a head coaching job. Eventually, Eric Bieniemy. he was right there for the Cincinnati Bengals job. Didn't wind up getting it, but he's right there. And again, I think that can extend to the defensive side of the football because you don't necessarily have to be the top defense in the league. You just got to get to that middle of the league. I think they got a lot and of draft. Ring. A lot of draft picks. I mean, Veach is going to have to hit on a few of these draft picks to have defensive starters. But what you have is an opportunity. And if you're going far in the playoffs, if you have a successful defense, if, if the Chiefs are once again one of these teams that uh, are bringing the pressure and one of the best uh, pressure teams in the National Football League and it leads to a Super Bowl, everyone, you know, someone leaves. And then guess what? You're, maybe you're the next defensive coordinator. And then in two or three seasons down the line, say House gets that, gets that job. Say Daly gets that job and you have more success. Maybe you're a head coach. I mean, we saw we saw uh, Fangio, just you know, a defensive head coach, just got the job against the Broncos. As the Chiefs start to win these games in the in late in the season, and hopefully, eventually, for the sake of Kansas City, a Super Bowl, other teams are going to be plucking these guys to see how they how to to defend against Patrick Mahomes, and who's going to be better? Uh, who's going to like be better able than that than people that have coached and been there behind the scenes? I mean, I think you've seen that with New England. That's why that daily hiring is so big. Because he's been, he knows how to beat the Patriots. Because three he's, rings. He's with the Patriots, and I think you'll see the same thing as success happens in Kansas City. And the one thing too is you never want to block a coach because if you're Kentucky, you want to get another coach, and they find out, hey, we blocked your defensive coordinator from going to the NFL. Why do I want to take that job? I mean, that's something to consider. Why do I want to take that job? That's Pete Sweeney, editor in chief, ArrowheadPride.com. We come back. Divisional news. Plus some NFL things that I'm trying to figure out before we get back to the Chiefs. We gotta we gotta hash out this AFC West division next. Uh, Talking grocery stores with Pete Sweeney during the break. We took a timeout from Chiefs. We'll get right back into the AFC West right now because it involves the Chiefs. This division, Pete. Let me put it this way. I'm not sure what the Raiders are doing. I think they're doing the right things, but I don't know. Unless I think Gruden's got this master plan, I think. I'm not sure. They do have three first-round picks, and Mike Mayock's picking them, which I think is great. That Mayock's going to put his money where his mouth is. Still don't know about him. (laughs) Phillip Rivers is 37 years old. He's not getting any younger. Denver, and again, I go back to oftentimes in sports, the great coaches or great managers in baseball weren't very good. They were Ned Yost backup catchers or just so-so guys like Brad Osmus or whatever. That's who they are. Or or A.J. Hinch. Down Bull, in, bullpen catchers. It just, they're not, you know, because everything became so easy for them. I gave it to, like, if you're great with iPhones, trying to teach your 70-year-old parents how to use an iPhone is not easy because it's so easy for you, but it's difficult for them. Elway has been trying to find magic since Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning went to Denver for one reason, John Elway's name. That's the only thing he had to do. Elway's a great salesman. I think he owns some car dealerships, too. He's a great salesman. But 
Manning convinced him we need to keep Tlaib, DeMarcus Ware, T.J. Ward. Like, he convinced Elway this is what we need. We need to build this defense. Elway's still trying to find that guy. From Case Keenum now to Joe Flacco, I am not 100% certain that they still want Drew Locke because I know they want Drew Locke. They've been at Missouri games and everywhere else Elway's been. Do they want Flacco to groom Drew Locke? But, as Julio said, there is a caveat on this. Flacco wasn't exactly open to Lamar Jackson. He wasn't exactly there to groom Lamar Jackson. Do they expect him to be that way with the Drew Locke? But you go defense as a head coach when everybody else is going offense. Maybe that's, to I call it tiger-proofing the division. Like they used to tiger-proof the golf courses. The AFC West is Mahomes-proofing the teams. Maybe that's why they go defense because of Mahomes. I'm not 100% sure. The Flacco thing doesn't make any sense for me. Because this is just a taller Keenum. Well, as you continue to throw darts in this quarterback dartboard, and you're not really sure if you're going to necessarily... Which we've done for years, and now they're doing it. <laughs> right. It's the tables of turn. And you're not 100% sure if you're going to have your finally your franchise quarterback or the guy to make you competitive. I think you do. You double down on defense and say, let's have the Patrick Mahomes of the world score as few points as possible. And I think if we have a good a good enough defense, we won a Super Bowl. Our last Super Bowl was based upon defense. So you double down on that and you try to figure out the quarterback thing as you go on. I found the Joe Flacco move just a little questionable because the numbers over the past two years are so similar with Case Keenan when it comes to completion percentage, yards, touchdown percentage, interception percentage, quarterback rating. I think what it came down to is Elway and Fangio said, Case Keenum isn't enough of a gamer for us. We know that Joe Flacco can go out and get it done. He won a Super Bowl. As much as people want to, want to say, okay, Flacco stinks, and don't get me wrong. But is he elite? I don't think he's elite by any means. But I, I know for a fact that Denver saw this guy, and they said, okay, he can be a gamer for us. He can go out and win football games. There was trust there, and I think that's why they made the move. And to their credit, and I know in Kansas City, we don't like to give the Denver Broncos a lot of credit. They admitted their their failure. You know, they signed Case Keenum to this two-year deal. and said, it's not going to work out. We're going to try it with Joe Flacco. That probably won't work out either, and I think they will go ahead and draft a quarterback. That You see all the reports that they like Drew Locke. I think they and still, now that Kyler Murray's involved but in the here's draft, the, it makes it easier for them to still get Drew. But here's the deal. Like, with Flacco, it seemed like the Ravens caught him off guard when they drafted Lamar Jackson late in that first round. I think you you welcome Flacco into the door, but you say, listen, Joe, Joe Cool, he, here's the deal. You will be here, and you're going to be the starter for this year, but this guy is next in line, and we're going to task you with helping to develop him and coach him and so on and so forth. And you set the tone immediately when he walks in the door. Like, that's something I see in Kansas City now, too. You're going to have all these new defensive coaches. Immediately when the players come back into the room, you got to set a new tone. And I think it's similar in Denver when it comes to Joe. Like, this isn't Baltimore anymore. Like, this is your now your role. Not only are you tasked with winning this year, but develop this next guy because you're not going to be here forever. And we'll see if he can do it. That's the big question. Can he do it? Or not. I, I, Andy Lindholm, a friend of mine, does a radio show in Denver. Uh, actually, the Broncos own it. It's the Orange and Blue station. They, The Broncos own the station. I think half of Kansas City just threw up in their mouth when you said the Orange and Blue station. Well, it's it's kind of like in D.C. You know, Dan Snyder owns one of the sports talk stations, so they don't talk bad about the Redskins. And he does a show with Tyler Columbus. He used to play there. And he told me one night, 
He said Denver fans are actually worried about one thing in Kansas City, that Kansas City has a quarterback. Like, they haven't had to worry about that before, but they know they had to face Mahomes twice. And I knew Keenum was done and Vance Joseph was done. It was right before Christmas. Remember the Monday night football game, Denver and the Raiders? I do. And they kept showing Elway up in that box. (laughs) And every time Joseph would do something stupid or Keenum would throw the ground, he went for a bag of peanuts, cashews. I don't know what he was eating, but it was stress eating. He put them right. Yeah, stress eating. And I was like, these dudes are done. Elway's tired of this. And again, things come easy to people that were great. And it's much harder to get. It's, it's why the great ones don't do things like this. They, they go off and do something else. But Elway is tasked to fix this team. And now he's really on the clock. Manning made it easy. Manning made it easy for Elway. That was an easy pick because his name's John Elway. So he that's why he got Manning. Chiefs were interested in Peyton Manning. Clark Hunt even admitted so. I think it was CNBC Business Channel, hey, something like that. They the Chiefs were also in, interested in Paxton Lynch. Don't forget. What, uh, a, what a blessing that turned out to be. But this will define, can Elway pick quarterbacks or not? I know he's really interested in Justin Herbert at Oregon, but he's staying in Oregon. So Drew Locke became his flavor de jour, um, so to speak, in Denver. But I'm real curious what they do. They're doing things differently. They're going the defensive side. Again, I think teams in this division are going to homes-proof things. I think, and you're going to see a lot more defensive backs drafted, edge rushers. And I think that's – watch this draft. It's going to be a draft focused on Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. As you're talking about the AFC West, and I know you briefly mentioned John Gruden's master plan, that's why to me, Jay, it was so baffling when you're trying to Mahomes-proof the division. Like, How in your right mind do you trade Khalil Mack? For anything. If if you're seeing your... It should be a number one. Mar- Mari Cooper, I get that. I don't. No, right. Amari Cooper, you could tell. Okay, look. This is a guy who had elite expectations, probably needs a, a change of scenery. You can get a first-rounder for him. I, I make that move. I understand what he did in Dallas. I'd still make the move. I think because you give yourself another chance to, to, give, uh, to give Gruden uh, an opportunity here to build the team that he wants. Okay, I get that. But Khalil Mack, that's a generational player. That's a once-in-a-decade, once-in-a-two-decade player. And meanwhile, you have the most valuable player that you now need to see twice a year on the offensive side of the football. Baffling decision. like that. That's the one thing that makes me believe, okay, maybe Gruden really doesn't know what he's doing because I don't know how you get rid of that guy. And then again, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, I don't necessarily think that this is going to be a quarterback class like the Watson-Mahomes-Trubitsky class. So I think maybe what this move comes down to, like maybe Elway is saying to himself, let's at least go and, and get somebody we know we're confident in to at least that can get us in a, win- in a winning path, give us a chance to make the playoffs, and then maybe one of these guys works out. But you can't take a maybe quarterback class and make it a definite quarterback class. And I think they, they've just been in this rut here where you know they didn't get one of those big three from two years ago in the Mahomes Watson and Trubisky, and so now they are, are left to deal with whatever comes out. And that, and we've seen not every year uh, is there a quarterback. Hello, 2013. This is this is the Mahomes effect. We're seeing the Mahomes effect on other teams. We have the Mahomes effect here. And my other thing, this before we go back to Kansas City Chiefs after the break, Antonio Brown. And I know you guys put up a poll, didn't you? <laughs> Would you take Antonio Brown or not? I wouldn't. He's 30 years old. My question is this, Pete. When you still have a couple years on your contract, how do you tweet out, thank you fans, when you're not moved yet? You haven't been traded, Antonio Brown. How do you put out a tweet? Like, that baffles me. 
Like they like and again, this goes with the Chiefs too, because I'm looking at who are the powers in the AFC. I think the Colts are a sleeping giant, but eleven picks this year when they're gonna put out the comp picks, ton of money. Patriots twelve picks. The Patriots until Tom goes, we still gotta worry about them. I think the Colts are a team on the rise. Pittsburgh, I see as a team going down because even Juju said we need to play football instead of being the Kardashians. But it's just so much drama. Big Ben may just walk away at any point, and you have a receiver that's still under contract thanking the fans, and he's not traded. It kind of seems like one of those Carson Palmer situations where he's just going to outright uh, not say he's not playing for the for the franchise. And, and because he's made— but This a, is good news for the Chiefs. No, 100%. And you know which team I like in the AFC, and it's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Patriots will be there. I think the Chiefs will be there, the Colts, and then the Cleveland Browns. I think those are the teams right now that you're really going to have to start to see— uh, taking the next step. But, yeah, no, I, I find that Antonio Brown has said to himself, I'm not playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if he's going to show up. I mean, at the end of the day, you still have a right in your body not to show up to camp. And he saw firsthand Le'Veon Bell just didn't show up. And he says maybe but if I do that. But he has a contract. I under, no, a I, nice one. I understand. Trust me, 100%. I understand. I, I think <laughs> – He's 30. What he's trying to do is force the Steelers' hand. The Steelers' best bet is to make up with Brown. Just because as crazy as Brown seems right now, he is oh, – like we were talking about Mac just a, uh, a little bit ago. It's hard to find a receiver like Antonio Brown. So I think if you're the Steelers, you try, if you can, to make up under under any circumstances. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's written them off. <laughs> he but he knows the not- fans that he's still – but what he doesn't understand, Jay, is if he ends up in an Arizona, he may not see the playoffs for another five years. He may, not, and he's—it's not like he's a spring chicken. Well, if I'm the Steelers, that's what I do. You trade him to a crap team. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you end up seeing something like that. I, he, not in the AFC. He didn't. I mean, the Colts. I know the Colts are probably interested, and they could use another wide receiver to go along with Ty Hilton, even though Ty and Antonio are friends. The Back from growing up. But, in, in these two cases. But I wouldn't give them to the Colts. In these two cases, though, the hard part you run into, because you hear Denver is shopping Case Keenum now, and obviously the Steelers are shopping Antonio Brown, is every GM in the league, Brett Veach in the office, wherever he is right now, whoever you want to talk about all over the country, everyone knows that you got to get rid of these guys. So it lessens the value. Again, you, you, you look for the— No question it lessens the value. You look for the best offer, but— Man, it would be a lot better if all of this garbage doesn't come out. And over the years, Pittsburgh has been good at really keeping it under wraps, except for the last two, and it's been a disaster in that span. They've been a model franchise. The Chiefs have always pointed out that we want to be like the Steelers. Everything has been so smooth with that organization. And remember, Big Ben almost retired last year. He may be just tired of this say, I'm gone. It's funny how everything comes around, though. Like the Chiefs were a disaster for so many years, and now I think a lot of people will be modeling what Kansas City has done over the past five years with their own organizations. And you're looking at some of these franchises like Denver, just a couple of years ago, was the model of the AFC West. Love it. Love Pittsburgh it. for years was a model for the NFL. The New York Giants really was one of these franchises that you you tried to mimic, and now they're a disaster with Odell and whether or not Eli is the guy, whether they're drafting a quarterback, taking a running back second. Like, to me, the Chiefs have now entered this position where they're the model franchise like a Patriots, and all these franchises you thought would be perfect forever are falling apart. And the thing is, they could have drama with Hill and Jones, but they don't because they've got guys saying, "We, I want to be a Chief. Because of Mahomes. 
It's just, of Patrick it's Mahomes. completely look at Chris Jones. I mean, the Chiefs don't have drama. I give Reed a ton of credit for that. We're going to take a timeout Super Bowl or bust for the Chiefs next year. We discuss that next. Back with the voice that you heard all fall, pregame, halftime, postgame. Pete Sweeney, yeah, arrowheadpride.com. First time in a while, Jack. It is the first time in a while we've heard your uh, your, your your voice bloviating on the radio. And I will say this, there are some big plans, and I, I know we can't release information, but talking to your draft guys, I ask them every time, how many guys you evaluated? It was 125. Then I asked Stout, and it's at the 150. Then I asked Matt Lane, it's at the 180. And I think uh, one of the fellows told me it's over 200. Very impressive because I haven't seen this done very often. These evaluations are very good. But your guys are out evaluating a ton of talent. And they said, we're looking like 400 guys, Jay. And I said, 256 guys were drafted last year. That means you're almost going to have 150 guys. He goes, well, yeah, but undrafted guys. And you're right, Daryl Williams and guys like that were undrafted. But you guys are doing incredible, incredible work. Yeah, we're always trying to be on the cutting edge on arrowheadpride.com. And we'll have... An announcement shortly, these guys, they are they call themselves the Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad. Ken Swanson, Matt Lane, Craig Stout. They've done a tremendous job this draft season. And I understand uh, the draft season is usually, I think, Jay, for nerds, your draft nerds that like like to get into it, really look at the college hey, tapes. I, I don't call them nerds because I'm just right I, there with I understand. You. I know you love it. But what I'm saying is this year I feel like across Kansas City, there's going to be even more interest just because so. – the Chiefs are so close this past year, and you're going to be wondering about, well, what's happening? Who should we go after? We're going to be rolling out some really cool stuff at Arrowhead Pride, and again, announcements coming soon, just about how you could stay up to date with all these players. You could um, reference the website on draft day, so on and so forth, and uh, it's all from Kent, Matt, and Craig just doing a fantastic job. Uh, we'll be covering the draft like we never have before this year, and it's something I'm excited about. I'm very, very excited about it, too. As a matter of fact, I can't wait because I, I've been using just my stuff with, with my guys. We'll throw you in arrow headlines every once in a while. Well, yeah, what, what I'm saying is I can't wait till they put stuff out and I could come on and evaluate it. Why, why did you pick him in round three when I have him like in round five? I can't wait. And those guys will come on and they'll talk about some of the selects. They went to the Senior Bowl, which is great information. Because a lot of times, a lot of the, these guys that I have, they saw firsthand, you know, down in Mobile. And I think that brings tremendous value to this program. The fact that Craig and Matt and Kent and these guys watched them with their own eyes. I love it. I love having those guys on. And I can't wait to your big announcement because what you do is different than what everybody else does. And I love it. Right. And, and I think, too, when you mentioned the Senior Bowl, John Dorsey and the personnel staff that he built were so big on the senior bowl and he's only passed that to, to brett feach and those um uh, personnel where they saw cream right those personnel and um d ford was ended up being the senior bowl mvp so you know our three guys were down there they they took that in and they've kind of used it in in what they're building and and again uh just a fantastic job by that guy and really a fantastic job by the whole team and it, it's all kind of um, it's almost like a perfect storm, a match made in heaven, that the Chiefs are finally coming into their own and are really going to be you know, the number one, number two favorite team to be the Super Bowl winner next year. And that's going to be the year when we'll have, the, I think, the best coverage we ever have had. And so that's exciting. It's hard to beat what you guys did last year. It's, you know, Craig Stout, every defensive play charted uh, Mahomes, no better guy in the world than Kent. And Matt Lane's kind of my flex guy that I can use. <laughs> he does my Tyree kill. He does it all. Barryfield, I guess. He can play second, third, outfield. He can do whatever. But Matt Lane, who joined us earlier, uh, does a fantastic job with that. Real quick, 
Because then we're up against it, and uh, I want to talk to Mahomes to round out this hour with you. Uh, Super Bowl or bust, Pete, I came to this conclusion. I know it's a loser mentality. I know Dan Patrick asked Travis Kelsey, was this season a success or not? Travis Kelsey said no. That's what he should say as a player. The ultimate goal is to get the job done. I'm only calling a success because they won a playoff game and got to the AFC title game that they hadn't since 94. When you do something you haven't done in 25 years, to me, I'll give you success. But, and I hate to go Kansas fan here because I'm not a Kansas fan. (laughs) They don't celebrate Big 12 championships. No. They celebrate Final Fours. Those are the banners that they put up. With me, getting to the AFC title game again, not good enough, Pete. I'm Super Bowl or bust to determine this team is a success or not with the changes they've made. I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's my expectation. They have to make it to the Super Bowl. That'll define success in 2019. You were right there. You were on the doorstep. You didn't have the defensive personnel to uh, last with Tom Brady. You didn't have the defensive coordinator in your own, your own mind because you fired him and Bob Sutton to uh, counteract what Brady and Belichick and uh, Josh McDaniels were doing in that AFC title game. You expect to see someone like the New England Patriots there next year. Uh, again, I think there are other, some other contenders that may be there. But you have to be there, and you have to win the game because – you, you, you look at Andy Reid. He's been here since 2013. He turned the franchise around. Uh, Dorsey had a little bit to do with it, but, it, again, Reid is still here. You took the step of the divisional round and then started to get maddening that the Chiefs kept going one and out with losing the divisional round. Finally, you made it to the AFC title game. Now you take the next step. You have the franchise quarterback. You have one of the best offensive uh, offenses in the league. I think there are there will be some changes along the offensive line, but your, your main pieces as far as skill position players will do be there. Do it before they bolt. Exactly. So you have it in, in place. And now I, I kind of fall into the category of people that believe that the Chiefs had the intention of, of moving to a 4-3 a long time ago. I think they drafted for that a little bit last year. I think you're right. They're going to draft some players. I think I think this year you're expecting the, the, the defense to be reinvigorated. Uh, again, with Patrick Mahomes on the other side, you're not going to have to hold a team to 10 points. You're going to be able to maybe allow 17-21. You should, should still win every football game that you do that. I think that's awesome to come not that you're saying okay we're not we're going to try to allow anything but zero but i think that invigorates you a little bit again it's a new staff that should give them energy you see who's left over here i think chris jones gets a new deal you see how the defense works this defense could be middle of the pack you may win 14 games and then all of a sudden you have a bye again maybe it's at Arrowhead stadium again and this time you get it done because you have the personnel you have the staff in place again you have to make it to the super bowl you never know who's going to make it in the nfc Long ways away. We have so many things until then, but I think you're 100% right. That'll define success of 2019. I think they're more one-gap responsibility and two-gap like a 3-4, and I think Kitchens would be good in that inside linebacker role. Dorian O'Daniel on the outside. And by the way, on Twitter, Grizzly Chief hits us up. Any truth to the rumor, this is a pantsless segment. Pete has his pants on. I do not. Jay, you can only, I'm wearing shorts. You can only see belt up. You don't, you don't know what I got going on under <laughs> yeah, here. Pants on or not. Grizzly Chief, I can't explain that because I don't have pants on. We come back. We got to talk about the magic man, Pat Mahomes. We do that next. Just trying to look for you. Like you know, man, so much yeah. respect for you. Likewise. You've done a great job. Yeah, yeah. so, hey, you yeah. always do. Yeah. been doing it, you know, you're the best, man. So. You're taking over, buddy. No, no. Hey. Yeah. The way that you guys are able to shift your identity and really still be able to figure it out, I mean, week in and week out, it's unbelievable, man. Really, yeah. so much respect for you and the way you do it, man. You're what's right about coaching. Thank you. Appreciate you, Coach. Get a room, McVay. <laughs> I was joking around during the break because I asked Pete, I said, did you hear McVay just totally kiss Belichick's ass before the game? 
Had I known he did that, I would have said, they're done. <laughs> There's no way that they beat had it been the New the, England Patriots. Had it been the AAF Bowl, you would know that. Oh, I love the AAF. Do you like the AAF? I I, I didn't really get into it this oh weekend. God, but I, I saw did. when some of the highlights came out, and you can really hear like uh, uh, what, what people are saying as the game is going on. And I looked at some of the hits. And then some of the former Chiefs are doing well, like Absolutely. Akeem Hunt. Leads the league in rushing. I'm going to check it out. My girlfriend doesn't want to hear this on Valentine's Day weekend, but we're going to check it out this weekend. We're going to see what's going on. You got to find a team. I think the rest <laughs> of your crew on Arrowhead Pride has teams. I like the Birmingham Iron. Yeah, I I, I think I'm going to go with San Antonio because okay. if you've heard Logan Woodside. So there's basically how the AAF works is there is affiliates, yep. and normally they'll go to the college affiliate of the team. But if the college affiliate doesn't want your player. Each NFL team has a given AFL team. So the San Antonio team is is the Chiefs team. So anyone released by the Chiefs and the college affiliate doesn't want them of the seven teams, they would go to the San Antonio team. Yeah, it's where you go. And I know Green Bay's got an affiliation uh, with Salt Lake City that some of these teams do. The NFL does not own any part of this league. They want them to, but it's completely separate. The only thing the NFL owns is the broadcast rights for NFL Network because the NFL Network shows these games. Mm -hmm. Now, they eventually want to get in bed with the NFL's developmental league, but so far the NFL has not, quote, put money into this league. If I, I, I think I don't I don't mind that, though, because... It, but they want to get to this point. I, if you look at the NFL and then you're in the NFL shoes, where's the rush? I mean, there's another league coming out next year. This and, is the XFL. <laughs> What's up, Vince? Uh, there's another league coming out next year. And so I think you see, okay, who who has it? This is <laughs> Sorry, Pete. I, I, that's I what it. I'm talking about right there. That's what I like. Uh, I think you see who's doing yeah, Bob it. Bob Stoops in the league now. AF is off, off to a good start, but I think you see who's doing it better, and then that's who you maybe make a business And Brian McCarthy, the spokesman for the NFL, he mentioned the XFL too. He said these leagues like the AF and XFL. Like he threw them in XFL starts in 2020. i got to tell you, Pete. I was at the grocery store this weekend in the cereal. Uh-oh, you're looking sad. I, I just started grocery shopping a lot more. There's been some changes in my life, and um, this is something I haven't done a lot of. <laughs> I can't believe how much damn cereal there is. I mean, there's just so many cereals. But I was looking for the Mahomes Magic Crunch, the Lee Steinberg. The Petty Flakes is gone. That's upsetting. It's it's this partnership he's got with Ty V because that's where he sells the Mahomes gear. Yeah, I was at uh, the Peanut the other night. The waitress was wearing. When is Whataburger from, coming? That's my biggest. question. I don't know, but Patrick Mahomes, he waited forever. And Lee Steinberg came on here at the beginning of the year, talking about they didn't do the billboards last year. They wanted to prove themselves first. Well, they certainly did that because he's the league MVP. Now he's got the billboard down at Power and Light. Now he's going to have the cereal. Now he's got his own website now where he's, I can't even imagine how much money he's made on his website. It's got to be insane. But Pete, does any of this change Patrick Mahomes or is he still the humble guy? Because eventually he's going to have to order takeout every night because he's not going to be able to go anywhere. I know. And it's 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 going to be, I, I, I'm telling you, the amount of attention that's going to be paid to both this radio station, my website, I think Patrick Mahomes' website, whatever Patrick Mahomes does, his Instagram, his social media this year is going to be unlike any we've seen in Kansas City since way back in the day. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to change him. I, I've talked to some people about this that are, that are close to Mahomes. They think 
that he's got a good head on his shoulders? Because you've seen this story before. Seems just like a big kid. And I'm looking at Mr. 87. 87, Mr. Travis Kelsey, he came in as kind of a humble kid, went through a period of, I'm the man, leave me alone, doing the dating show, and has now come back and has really become a mature leader in the locker room. So you wonder if there's going to be that, you know, stage that Mahomes is going to go through where uh is he is he full of himself I just don't think it's going to happen I think you talk you hear more and more about the kid and he and he's staying humble I think he knows who he is but I never don't I, I like I never think as a media member I'm going to walk into that locker room and Mahomes is just going to be a jerk just to be a jerk you know maybe he'll have a bad day or two but I, I just don't see that from being around him from talking to people that are around him every day that that's going to be in the cards for him I guess I, you know what I don't think so either. He still got likes playing video games and having fun, and he's just he's just a regular dude, man. And I think I think his agent Lee Steinberg, <clears throat> who's gone from the top to the bottom, Lee Steinberg's represented more number one overall picks than anybody. Jerry more Maguire. first round picks. He's the inspiration for Jerry Maguire. He fell on hard times, and he was humbled. We're talking about a guy that you know, was the guy that fell on hard times. And now he's starting to rebuild himself, and Patrick Mahomes will help Lee Steinberg out immensely. That is uh, that is for sure. But I, I think because of his agent kind of went through the ups and the downs, it'll keep him grounded. I made a big deal about this during the season, and it caught on with some people, other people not. I wrote a, I wrote a weekly column after the games. But one of the big things Mahomes said after the whole Kareem Hunt situation was we don't do that here. Like, he was asked about it during the press conference right after the game with Kareem Hunt and all of that situations. And and he he kind of, again, said, all right, we're supporting Kareem Hunt the, Kareem Hunt, the man, but he's like, we're not going to basically do that in my locker room. And this is a 22-, 23-year-old kid talking. Like, to me, I, I think he can separate himself. And un, I think he understands what he is, which is the face of the National Football League. But at the same time, I think he sees, even at a young age, trust me, I wasn't there when I was 23. I couldn't be doing what he's doing. Even at a young age, he's just showing leadership qualities. And I, I just really don't think, again, it's going to be in the cards for him to like, get full of himself. Like, you may see him turn into a little bit of an Aaron Rodgers. I think we're seeing that, like, with all of the sponsorships and advertisement, advertisements he's getting. But I think he'll always remain a good dude. I think so, too. And that Tris Paler article was so good right afterwards. The fact that Mahomes... He, they had quotes from some of the players, what he said at halftime of that Patriots, but they didn't have any points. He's like, guys, we're going to score 30 points in the second half. And he said, no, you guys are getting manhandled at different places. That that, that showed complete leadership from Patrick Mahomes right there. I mean, he got after some people. You and I are crazy like this because we follow everything Chiefs, but you combine that with what Kelsey said in the Dan Patrick show where they weren't ready in the first half. Well, in the second half, he's, he said, well, we were. Why was that? What changed? And then you hear Sounds more about like Mahomes it. was the Mahomes reason. again took the lead. And uh, again, it's so rare. And I, and this is one of the underappreciated things about Mahomes is it's so rare for a team, a locker room full of late twenty year olds, early you know a few a few early thirty year olds. I think there's like seven on the team. But for him to command a room, and I think that goes back to his playing because if he wasn't scoring fifty touchdowns and throwing for five thousand yards, I don't necessarily know if that could be the case, even at the quarterback position. Will you eat Mahomes' magic crunch twice on Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> it is Mahomes' magic crunch. I like. Where's Patty. it at, Lee? You said it was coming soon. I liked Patty Flakes. I do want to go on, on record. Mahomes, but evidently he had a big part in, like, 
Like Gary Sheffield, I once one did a we did a promotional thing where I went out to a cigar store. It was a Gary Sheffield um, 500 Club cigar, and he actually because I asked him, I said, did you, did you, "Your name on this, or did you pick the ingredients for the cigar?" And he did. And it says like Mahomes, like picked the cereal that he wanted, and it's probably very meticulous about it. And I, I'm expecting greatness from it because Mahomes isn't going to make a cereal that's crap. It's going to be a perfect blend of sugar with frosting. <laughs> Jay, it is going to be the MVP when, of cereals. When you find that cereal, you give me a call. I'll bring the cigars. You and I will meet up. <laughs> we'll we'll have some cereal, a couple stogies. You know it's going to be we'll great. be good to go. You know, that's Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief at ArrowheadPride.com. Hear him all football season or whatever. A big thanks to Pete for coming out here. Now, not a snowy night either. It's a nice night, nice pleasant night. Pete Sweeney coming out here and join us for an hour. Coming up next, it's about looking under every rock for talent. Why do the Patriots do it and how can the Chiefs do it? We'll explain next. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.